bringing the world three days and 50 miles closer to a cure for multiple sclerosis. Whether walker or crew, veteran or new, join us as we share news and memories of an MS Challenge walk. Welcome to the second weekly episode of MS Challenge Talk. I'm Ken, your host. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks also for everyone who listened to our first episode, aired on May 7th with an interview with Susan Cohn Child. We got some great feedback. It sounds like everybody is really looking forward to hearing more stories from MS Challenge Talk and connecting with the community of veterans of people who have performed the MS Challenge Walk before. I know I'm really enjoying the opportunity to sit down with these individuals a lot of people that I have seen on the walk, there's not a lot of opportunity to really talk with them as you're trudging along the 50 miles. And sometimes there is the opportunity, but you just don't have the breath or the energy because you're so focused on putting one foot in front of the other. So to actually sit down with them during this off season and just get to find out what is it that brought them to the challenge walk in the first place, it's really been a great opportunity. Sometimes I'm not sitting down with them, literally, I'm interviewing them over the internet. And even that's a great opportunity because I know that Come the fall, I'll have a story to put to that face. One thing we haven't gotten much of in terms of feedback is questions from listeners. I'm really eager to make this podcast as beneficial to walkers and crew as possible. And that means giving you the advice that you want and answering the questions that you have. So if there's anything you want to talk about or anything you're curious about, please drop me a line. My email address is ken at challengetalk.org. With that said, let's get right into this week's interviews. As always, I'll begin with a few minutes with Danielle Kemp, who runs the MS Challenge Walk for the National MS Society, and then we'll go right into this week's interview. Hi, Danielle. Hi, Ken. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Fine, thank you. Thank you for coming back for the a second week of MS Challenge Talk. Of course. Happy to be here. <laughs> Have you gotten any good feedback on our first episode? I have. Um, a lot of the regional chapters that participate in the walk outside of Greater New England are very happy to see um, this Challenge Talk podcast, I guess listen to it, and have had wonderful feedback from other Challenge Walkers. They can't wait for new episodes. So I'm happy to have new episodes coming along, too. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I started the show. I was very surprised when I looked around what the other National MS Society chapters were doing. I didn't find any podcasts. I found a few videos, a few audio recordings, but none of them made mm -hmm. available through iTunes like we are. Yeah. So what is new with MS Challenge Walk this week? We've got a new sponsor on board. We've got Barefoot Wine and Bubbly that's going to be providing our wine this year. Oh, and they're also going to have specialty cocktails for us on Friday, which we're very excited to have them involved. So this is something that w walkers and crew will find when they get back to the sea camps? Correct. Great. Anything else going on? Um, we're looking forward to our Jumpstart Your Fundraising meeting, which is happening on the 19th of, the, of May. It's a Saturday at 10 a.m. in our Waltham office. It's for um, all walkers to come and crew, if you're interested in fundraising, to learn more about what successful teams have done um, to increase their fundraising, how do you use your online tools, if you're doing a letter-writing campaign, what's worked for others, all sorts of ideas of what can help you with your fundraising to reach your audience and exceed your goal, not just reach it. Cool. And who is this event aimed at? All walkers that are interested in learning more about fundraising. So that could be people that are completely new to the event, people that have been doing it for years and, you know, just want to see if there's a way to do something other than what they're already doing. Um, people that haven't done what we call wraparound events, which is a fundraising event for the challenge walk, like a comedy night or uh, dining for dollars event at a restaurant. Um, and just 
and even crew that are interested in fundraising. So it's just to learn more. Um, and every, as a bonus, everyone who attends will get $50 in bonus bucks credited to their Challenge Walk fundraising. So just showing up helps with your fundraising. And do they get a free meal out of it too? They get pizza at the end, yes. Excellent. And wonderful conversation. We held this event once in February, and the room was just electric. It was great, the response we got. Um, it's really kind of we want to answer the questions of what people have when it comes to fundraising, but really try to network the teams together, network the walkers together that so that, you know, if you know somebody is in the next town over and they're doing a fundraising event, everybody works together and the funds go to both of the teams rather than having us all split up and be doing different things. We want to build on what everybody's doing and help everybody exceed their fundraising goals. That's great because in the larger picture, we are all on the same team. Oh, definitely. We're all fighting to end MS. That's the goal. You know, we'd love to have a party someday that we don't need this event anymore. That is the end goal. Um, so, you know, we're all working together on that, no matter what team you're on. So we're very happy to have everybody working together so well this year. Great. Well, I know I will be at the Jumpstart meeting, so I look forward to seeing you there. Look forward to it as well. Great. Thanks, Danielle. Of course. I'm fortunate today to be joined by MS Challenge Walk veteran Mara Matos. Hello, Mara. Hi, how are you? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks. What team are you on? I'm on the Mars Stars team. The Mars Stars. Are you the captain of that team? Yes, I am. And how long have you been running that? This will be the first official year with the name, but I did the Challenge Walk last year. Were you a captain then? No. So you spun off into your own group? There was three of us. We walked as single walkers, but this year I tried to get more people involved with the team, so I gave us a name. That's great. How many people do you have this year? Right now, three. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you recruit them? Well, these are friends that walked with me last year. Why did they walk last year? Well, we were celebrating my 10-year anniversary as an MS patient. We decided that at the 10-year mark, if I was still healthy and able to walk, we were going to do it. And at first, I didn't want to do it because I thought 50 miles is a long walk. And they were going to do it without me, so I felt bad. <laughs> I felt bad, so I said, okay, I'm going to do it. So we did it. They shamed you into walking. Yes. Excellent. So what took you 10 years to join the MS Challenge Walk? <laughs> Probably just fear. <laughs> um, I've done the small walks, you know, the walks around the Charles. Uh, those were always fun and encouraging. Um, we figured, you know, 10 years is a good number or a good anniversary mm. to celebrate. So that's what, that's what we did. So you've been involved with the National MS Society for a while now then? Yep, since day one. I was diagnosed back in January 29th of 2001. Wow, that must have been quite a shock. Uh, it was. I'd never heard of MS before that. So of course, I was. my first question was, was I going to die? <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, once I talked to doctors, neurologists, and they told me, you know, what it was, you or I obviously started investigating it. Um, even though to this day, you're still kind of like, what is MS and what does it do? And uh, it, will there ever be a cure? Hmm. But, um, you know, I've gotten to understand it and to live with it. Um, and to this day, I'm doing great. And it seems like rather than curbing your physical exertion, you've actually kicked it up a notch. Yeah, definitely. I work in retail, so I'm on my feet all day long. Um, I'm a receiving manager in uh, one of the local stores. And I think being on my feet and being active really helps mm. keeping me, you know, uh, mobile, I guess you could say. And so I think, you know, the doing the walk definitely encourages me and encourages my friends to just keep on with the fight. And how do you train for the walk? And to be honest, I don't train much <laughs> really? <laughs> just because I'm on my feet all day and I'm walking back and forth and very active at work uh, that when I get home, I'm just too tired to mm. just take another step, I guess you could say. But, you know, I do volunteer work here and there. So I'm on my feet and I'm walking constantly. 
And as a good note, for last year's walk, I didn't have any blisters. Really? No problems that you would typically see people on the side of the road with, you know, pains in their feet. The only big thing I had was, you know, tense, the, the muscles tightening up, but that's about it. So what's your no blister secret? Oh, I don't know. I guess the Vaseline between the toes and the right socks. I don't know. <laughs> So you just goop up your feet really good before the walk and what, during lunchtime? Um, yes, during lunchtime, before the walk. I guess the right socks, the socks that they recommend in the brochure, I definitely got me a pair of those. Mm -hmm. um, and that helped a lot. Cool. I, I can imagine that training is very hard for someone with MS because the lead up time to the challenge walk is during the summer, which is the hottest time of the year and heat exacerbates MS. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had any issues with that? I mean, you, you mentioned that obviously you do the retail and the volunteer, but do you ever do any training? A little bit in the summer when mm. my mom comes to visit from out of town, oh, cool. she'll motivate me and say, okay, let's take a walk around the block. Let's make it two rounds around the block, you know? But yeah, I'm actually trying to set up uh, a small group walk for Memorial Day weekend with a bunch of friends of mine who asked me about the three-day challenge walk. And I said, well, let's give it a try. Let's walk 20 miles in one day. Wow. So we're actually planning to start at the Hopkinton line from the marathon, mm -hmm. walk all the way to Wellesley College, and then back to Ashland, which is where I live. And that's 20 miles. Wow. So I'm trying to get a few people on board with me. So far, I think I have like two with me. So that's okay. three of us. We've already mapped out where we're going to stop to have snacks, where we can use the bathroom. And my sister is just going to be riding along the way to meet us at all the stops. So she'll be your rah-rah crew. Yeah, pretty much. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about that, that some of my friends who have never done a walk of some sort yeah. um, will be accompanying me with that. And 20 miles is a lot, especially if you haven't trained up for it. I remember yep. a couple of years ago, I was doing a bunch of bicycle charity rides over the summer, which interfered with my walking training. Mm -hmm. So I only did one training walk for the challenge walk, and it was 20 miles. So I went from zero to 20 it was grueling. Yeah. Especially if it's a hot day, which I hope Memorial Day isn't. Yeah, I hope it's not. Or I'm kind of hoping it may be a little bit misty <laughs> or rainy. Um, but some of my friends have said, no way, I die. I'm like, well, you can at least walk to Ashland. That's right. maybe like four or five miles. Sure. So we'll see how many how many more friends I can get to join me. Yeah, because just like with the challenge walk and training walks, you're challenged to walk 20 miles a day, 50 miles total. But if you ever find it's too much, you're not supposed to push yourself into a danger zone. There's always somebody there to help you get to the next rest stop mm -hmm. or bring you home. Yep, and that's definitely true because last year at the Challenge Walk, I experienced that. My friends that were with me were actually surprised that I finished the first day. Really? And, you know, yeah, it was grueling. And by the end of that 20 miles, yeah, you're in a little bit of pain. Yeah. And the massage that they provide there is awesome. Invaluable. <laughs> I recommend it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, on the next day when you wake up, you're so stiff. But, you know, you just push on. And on that second day, by mile 17, I couldn't go anymore. Right. So that's when I hitched a ride back to camp. It, that's the vast majority of the walk that you did then. Yes. And did you do 10 miles the third day on yes. Sunday? Yes. So you did 47 out of oh, 50. Oh, yeah. And that, that was easy. That was like the goal. 10 miles is easy compared to, you know, the ones I just did. Yeah, it just goes by in a flash. Yeah, it does. And, right. then, and you're so happy because everybody's, you know, it's the third day, only 10 miles. Everybody's so happy and cheering you on. And it's great motivation. And you see other people who are maybe struggling or they have their walkers or even the ones who are in their wheelchairs, mm -hmm. they're pushing themselves along. So that that really encourages me to, to continue. And especially on Sunday, you have the Dunkin' Donuts rest stop, the second rest stop. Mm -hmm. And then right after that is that huge hill. Yep. And when you see somebody going up that in their wheelchair, uh -huh. you think, if they can do it, so can I. Definitely. <laughs> So we've talked a lot about training. What about fundraising? 50 miles is a lot, but so is $1,500. How mm -hmm. do you make that goal? Last year, I was fortunate to make it. I actually blew it away. Really? Um, and a lot of that, thank you. A lot of that came in part through work. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I asked my local friends, uh, church members, neighbors, even my uh, landlord gave me a great donation. Oh, wow. But I work for Macy's. Mm-hmm. And so Macy's matches all of the donations that I get from work. Oh, very generous. Through work, I, I had bake sales. Um, when my mom came to visit, we um, cooked some authentic, I guess you could say, Puerto Rican food. You know, the rice with the empanadas. Uh, so we raised a lot of money there. And then just the donations from my coworkers, all of that when I sent to the MS Society or to Macy's, I guess, uh, they matched my donations, and I was able to raise over $2,300. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, if I may ask, is there a limit to how much Macy's will match? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> because where I work, when I started there five years ago, they would match up to $50 per employee per mm-hmm. year, which isn't much. And then when the economy tanked, they eliminated that benefit. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is that basically you only had to raise $750. And then they doubled it for you. Basically, those those who paid by check had to pay minimum twenty five. Okay. I had to donate twenty five, and Macy's would match anything over twenty five. Okay. So those who gave me a check, that was easy. They would fill out a form, we'd send it in. But the cash that I got, I'd make that into one big lump. Sure. You know, so let's say seven hundred dollars. Make out one form for seven hundred dollars, and Macy's would double that and would make you know fourteen hundred dollars. And that's a good incentive for your supporters to up their donation to mm-hmm. at least twenty five dollars. Mm-hmm. Because if you if they only give you fifteen, you say, well, that's only fifteen, but yeah. if you add another ten dollars, actually becomes fifty. Right. Which is a lot. Yeah, it's a great incentive, and I think what helps too is that. I made the cover of the brochure for the three-day walk this year. Really? Yes. So I have. So you're bro- famous. Yes. <laughs> I was shocked when I saw it in the in the Momentum magazine in the back cover. I was screaming. I was like, "Oh my god!" That's <laughs> so me. they hadn't told you that you were going to be featured. Mm-mm, mm-mm. When wow. I got the magazine in the mail and I was flipping through reading the articles, and when I got to the last page, I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> that's me!" <laughs> were you identified by name? Nope. Okay. Nope. It's just you know the advertisement for you know this year's coming walk. Right. Right. So I was super excited, and from there I you know I contacted Danielle. Mm. Um, and she said, you know, how many do you want? So she sent me, you know, a bunch of brochures and some posters. So I'm going to start hanging those up at work. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Not all workplaces let people fundraise in the mm-hmm. workplace because right. they figure, oh, if you do it, then everybody's going to do it. And our fridge is going to be plastered with posters. <laughs> your, your place has no problem with that then? No, not at all. I mean, Macy's is very involved with, uh, you know, charitable organizations. Like they do the AIDS walk and uh, bag hunger, things like that. So this, um, I mean, it's not like we're asking customers to give... To not my customers, cause, right. this is just employees, so it's just a small in-store sure. that participates. And yeah, I'm very fortunate that they let me, that I can do this at work. Do you do any sort of electronic fundraising, either emailing your coworkers or your friends or having a web page or Facebook? Definitely, I use the web page that is provided from the MS Society, mm-hmm. and I email a bunch of friends, or you know, I set something up on Facebook so people can donate too. So I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from that. Have you tried the Boundless Fundraising app for Facebook? Not yet. <laughs> yeah, you go into your participant center that the MS Society provides for you, click on the little blue button that says boundless fundraising. Okay. And installs this app that will automatically put updates on your Facebook wall asking mm. people to donate. Okay, great. Yeah, it's pretty cool because you don't have to think about it once it's installed. It just does the fundraising for you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it can be challenging to remember to pursue this on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, they'll send out one email or one letter and just let the responses from that come in. But you really need to be persistent. You need to follow through and check right. in on pe- with people, see how they're doing, see if they're, they got your letter, if they're going to donate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have, have most of your donations come from family, friends, coworkers? Most from coworkers. Really? <laughs> yes. Well, I, if you think about it, I spend more time with the coworkers than I do with my friends and family. <laughs> um, it's like I say, you know, work is pretty much home. Mm. I spent, you know, 40 plus hours at work than, you know, 
than I do at home. So I'd say mostly for my coworkers. And I, you know, I have a really good relationship at work with everybody. So everybody's like, yeah, yeah, we'll give. And then I last, last year, I actually, you know, at one of the store rallies, I mentioned, you know, how this was very dear to my heart because I'm an MS patient. So I think that motivated people to right. even give more. You, you put a face to the cause. Yes. And it must be helpful to work in such a large organization and also one that's very social, retail, you're getting around to different departments, interacting mm -hmm. with a lot of people, yeah. as opposed to just sitting in your cubicle. Right. I don't have a cubicle. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I do. Yes. You know, and so if I put up a poster in my cubicle, who's going to see it? Yeah, nobody's going to see it. Right. But yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm in such a big store that I can, you know, strategically place posters in the break room or near the lockers. And I, you know, I take the time out to walk around the store and talk to everybody. And I even have some people who can go into their own department and say, hey, let's collect some money for Mara, for Mara's cause. So, yeah, they, they've helped out a lot. So we've talked about training. We've talked about fundraising. What about gear? What do you buy or equip yourself with? What do you take on the walk with you? Well, I last year I used most of what the MS Society uh, provided, the list. Okay. You know, the red socks, the Vaseline, the first aid kit. And where do you go to buy that stuff? Some, the little simple things you can find at Walmart. The more technical things, maybe at like Dick's Sporting Goods, that's where you can find the socks. Mm -hmm. um, and that, I think that really helped a lot. Because you, you never think that, you know, just a regular old sock will do. But I guess the, the material in certain socks can help prevent blistering or too much sweating, things mm -hmm. like that. But um, yeah, just... Pretty much Walmart and Dick's. <laughs> One of the questions I got from a first-year walker is, what do you actually have with you when you're walking the 20 miles? And that varies person to person. What do you consider essential equipment? The first day I walked, I think I had like a small backpack with me with a bunch of stuff in it. And by lunchtime, I got rid of it. <laughs> mm -hmm. You just dished it in your midtime bag? Or yep. Um, so I pretty much just walked with my water bottle um, and then refilled it at every, you know, stop mm -hmm. that, that we came across. Um you know, like you said, we have that midtime lunch break where we get our bag back. So from there, you can like refuel on snacks or lather up again on the Vaseline mm -hmm. or use Band-Aids and stuff like that. Um, but you try to keep it light just so you're not your hands are free and you can, you know, move at a momentum. Mm -hmm. That'll get you to, you know, the next stop or to the end of the day. What stuff did you have in your backpack that you ended up not needing that you ditched into your change of clothes bag? Probably the Vaseline, another water bottle. Uh, maybe a towel, you know, a small towel mm -hmm. to help with sweat. Nobody cares if you're sweaty on the job. Yeah, no. <laughs> Not after that. You, you kind of, everybody's in the same boat, so we all yeah. look the same. <laughs> you just get back to the camps, you take a shower, you mm -hmm. get your massage, and then everybody's good. Yeah. Um, but I think that's it. After that, you know, after, after lunch, you pretty much just have your identification with you, you know, your tag, right. um, and your water bottle, and you just keep going. So do you stick with water, or do you switch with Gatorade? Water. I'm not a big fan of Gatorade. Really? But I guess when at the stops, I'll have like a, a sip or maybe just a big, you know, chug of it. Because, mm -hmm. you know, it's got the electrolytes and all that stuff inside. Right. Um, but I'm a, a water. I stick to water. Because yeah. I'm told that if you don't drink enough Gatorade, you don't get your electrolytes and then your kidneys start oh. to suffer. And that can manifest itself as a, like a sharp pain in your side or in your mm -hmm. back. Okay. And some people who are having that pain, they're like, why am I hurting there? Mm -hmm. It's because you're drinking only water. Wow. Well, good to know <laughs> for the next walk. <laughs> I've met a couple of walkers who like to have counterbalance. They have one water bottle in each hand, mm -hmm. so they're balanced and symmetrical. Okay. And they have water in one hand and Gatorade in the other. Mm. I just tend to switch. I use one bottle. I fill it up with water at one rest stop, Gatorade at the next. Keep switching back and All forth. All right. That's a good idea, too. Yeah. What, are, what are some of your favorite snacks? 
the peanut butter and jelly was a huge hit. <laughs> it's been years since I've had it. And when we stopped, I think it was at the first stop from Hyannis to the first stop. And they had peanut butter and jelly. I was like, what? That's crazy. And when I tasted it and I ate it, I was like, oh, it's so good. Brought you back to your childhood. <laughs> yes. And so now we're like, okay, maybe they'll have some at the next stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, the peanut butter and jelly, the... I think they had like cereal bars or granola bars. Granola or bars. Yeah. Those are good. Everything they give us, you know, you you kind of learn to appreciate. Even though you don't have it at home, but while you're walking and you're mm. waiting for that next stop, you appreciate it when it's there. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I would never eat when I'm at home, mm-hmm. but when you're on the route, you know, calories are calories, right. and you got to keep stocked. Mm-hmm. So last year was your first challenge walk ever. Yep. Did you ever think about? You know, okay, I celebrated 10 years, I did 50 miles, that's it, I'm done, as opposed to signing up again? The first day, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm never doing this again. I was blaming my friend Vicky. It's like, how could you do this to us? Even her sister was like, no way, we're not doing this. By the end of that first day, even Vicky was like, oh my God, I'm crazy. Why did we do this? Um, but by the last day, we're like, yeah, we're doing it again. Uh, so it was, it was really... We were happy. We were happy that we were able to participate in it. And we actually met another person on, on the route back from after we had the barbecue. On the route back to Hyannis. She was walking by herself and it was her first time. And we are like, yeah, you know, we told her how we were on the first day. We weren't going to do it again. But by the third day, we were like, yes, we're doing it next year. So we had a great time. And we were actually surprised that we were able to complete the 50 miles. So that motivated us to let's do it again. So was it more of the physical challenge or was there an aspect of the community that brought you back? It was both. I think mostly the physical challenge because we probably thought there's no way. I thought they thought I would, wasn't going to be able to do 50 miles. But definitely seeing the positive out of everything and everybody just cheering themselves along. People who, you know, who are in wheelchairs doing it too. Um, that really motivated us to, to keep going. And what are you going to be doing different this year? What did you learn from last year? Definitely walk faster. (laughs) Faster, really? (laughs) Well, not faster, but keep a good pace. Maybe not stop at every rest stop if we don't have to. Because we find that, you know, if you make it to camp too late, you don't get the best beds. (laughs) And you might might miss out on massage. Oh, that too, because then there's a big line for that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, now now that we know what we're up against, because we've already done it one year, we know what we can, we can change a little bit. Maybe not stop at every stop. Maybe at lunchtime, not sit for that whole hour because you're going to cool off. And then when you get up, you're tight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll see. We're, we're excited. Cool. Yeah. So it'll be great to have you on the walk again. I'm glad you're bringing your team back with you. Mm-hmm. Your first year with Mars Stars? Mars Stars. Mars Stars. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. And that was our interview with Mara Matos. I appreciate Mara coming back for her second year and willing to be interviewed after only one year on the Challenge Walk. It's great to see people coming back. Every single person who walks, no matter how many years, is another hero to help us beat MS. But the more people that we get to stick around and fight this thing until we beat it, the better. Let's take a look at the upcoming events on the event calendar. We have three to talk about today. 
The first being the one that Danielle already mentioned, being Jumpstart Your Fundraising. That is a meeting being held Saturday, May 19th at 10 a.m. at the National Multiple Sclerosis Society Greater New England Chapters Headquarters in Waltham, Massachusetts. This is an opportunity for you to meet other walkers, team captains, and also there will be some presentations by team captains and MS Society employees about training, fundraising, and team building. You'll get $50 added to your Challenge Walk fundraising, as well as pizza served for lunch after the meeting. I didn't get to go to the last time this meeting was held in February, so I'm really looking forward to being at this one. The very next day, you have two opportunities to combine training and fundraising. The first is being held in Portsmouth at the Spinnaker Point Recreation Center by Team Susie. From 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., you will get to choose between one, two, or three hours of spinning. And I don't mean running in circles. No, I mean the indoor bicycling kind. It's a great workout, and your registration fee of $20 per seat per hour goes to Team Susie. Later that day, if you still have any energy left, you can head down to Stowe, Massachusetts to Global Fitness on Great Road and benefit the Waka Waka Wakas with a 1 p.m. workout to benefit their fundraising. They're hosting a master class and the $25 donation goes to the team. You don't have to be a member of the gym to participate, so go ahead and call because space is limited. Details are on the calendar at challengetalk.org slash calendar. And that's all the events for this week. Before we sign off, I want to give a few quick shout-outs to the individuals who have made this show possible. The melodious voice you hear introducing and closing every episode of this podcast is that of Jennifer Finn, she is a participant in the annual 5K Boston Volvo race for the MS Society, which occurs every year on Thanksgiving. Not only does she donate her time and energy to raising money to defeat MS for that event, she also donates her voice to this show, and we really appreciate it. The music playing as she speaks is provided by the Apple program iMovie. It was first brought to my attention by Lisa Kellogg and further refined by Karenana Kreps. So thank you both very much for your insights into that process. And of course, thank you to you, our listeners. This show wouldn't be possible if we didn't have somebody listening to us. We hope this second week has given you a reason to tune in for a third week of MS Challenge Talk. Next week, we'll be speaking with Paige McGradden, formerly of Team Paige, now of Team Road Trippers. So thanks very much for tuning in. We'll speak to you next week. This has been MS Challenge Talk. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.challengetalk.org.